MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He barely talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume. Awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid He's a weird guy. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol in my volume. Alcohol in my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Drink a barf, drunkie! Good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday, October 8th, 2013. You are listening to Alcohol by Volume on morelikeradio.com. If you would like to Skype in, the Skype name is Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or you can call 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Uh, check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume and like the alcohol by volume Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. As I've said in previous weeks, the Facebook page is going to be kind of a more direct companion to the show and I'll post links about shit that I talk about on here on there. Uh, hey, Corn X, see you there in the chat. Um, and then the group is kind of more free flowing and we can post random memes and shit in there. <clears throat> um, Damn, mouth is dry. I'm not even like halfway through my first beer. I'm shocked because I've been home for like, I don't know, an hour and a half now, I think. Mm. Okay. And finally, there's the alcohol by volume beer tasting list, which, again, I I, I say this most weeks. I got to add some more shit to there Uh, this week, some stuff that I bought this weekend. Um, You know, eventually... If there was interest for it, and I know if Sherry was uh, in chat right now, she'd probably say there was, a ABV wine tasting list might be in order. I could even just add it into another tab in the spreadsheet and kind of see how that works. Um, because I did actually buy a bottle of wine this past weekend, but uh, I'll get into that very shortly. Um, firstly, fuck my job, because fuck my fucking job. Today wasn't as bad, but yesterday was fucking bullshit shouldn't have to be a goddamn babysitter and then be treated like i need to be babysat because that's bullshit i've been there 14 years i think i know what the fuck i'm doing leave it at that more positive stuff i'm still using my fitbit i know um i think it was on the last hippo juice uh royce and marie mentioned theirs and royce hates me because i run almost every day and i keep beating them in steps 
but I've actually managed to lose about four pounds in the past three weeks. I want to be down to about 170 by Thanksgiving. That's totally doable. When I weighed myself yesterday, I was at uh, just about 175. So, um, yeah, I've been cutting down on food and beer and, yeah. But ultimate goal is down to about 165 by Christmas. Again, I think that's doable. And, you know, to throw it back into beer, it's made me a lot more aware of calorie counts of the various beers that I'm drinking. And I'm, whenever, whenever I'm drinking them now, I'm logging them in that goddamn calorie chart on Fitbit. And a lot of it's estimation based on style and the alcohol percentage and everything. And why the fuck is my wife using my printer right now? Ah, the curse of having a wireless printer in the house. Um, but anyway, based on style and alcohol content, um, so I'm not exact on a lot of them, but I found a list that kind of goes down with, um, it. Ha- I think it has a listing of like 200 popular beers and then some not so popular ones even, um, that it shows the alcohol percentage and the calorie count for them. So I kind of get a close idea there. I know a lot of you couldn't care less, like those with a metabolism like Mitch, um, and you know, speaking of Mitch, um, I owe this to Dark Fox because, uh, well, now, you know, now I could actually soundboard things and pretend like Mitch is here. I really like his show. Yeah, see, see, I, it's it's like Mitch is sitting right next to me. So, so what what, what was that again, Mitch? I really like his show. Okay, see, Mitch likes my show. Um, but I know there are a lot of out, you out there that love your beer, but may want to lose weight at the same time. So. It, it it's a useful tool, and if anybody's interested in that link, um, I can post that up in either the um, the page or the group because it has been really useful to me. I mean, even the one I'm drinking tonight, I'm drinking a Beatus Turbo Dog, and that one is on there. You know, in addition to all your all your other kind of stuff like um, your regular Bud Lights, Coors Lights, shit like that. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Mitch. You don't need to. <laughs> um. Just eat cake, Mitch. If you want to gain weight, eat cake. Cake will do it. Or or uh, ask Cornax. I'm sure he has a few solutions there involving McDonald's. Ugh. Um, but it, it, I love my beer. I want to lose weight, so that's why I pretty much run 15 miles a week so I can drink. Uh, some might question my priorities, but to those people, you can go fuck your priorities. Um, like I said, um, I... Um, put this down here on my prep sheet uh inspired by dark fox because i know he was mentioning that he got some kind of uh soundboard app that he uses when he's on lust and love so i downloaded a soundboard app and about 10 minutes before showtime i had it hooked into my tablet and i was getting a buzz off of it not a drunken buzz but a actual sound buzz which was pissing me off so uh let's see wait did i say yeah okay um then about two minutes to showtime, I decided, okay, I'm just going to download it on my phone and throw three clips on there. Um, so that's actually working now. So th- then, you know, if if it's suitable, you'll, you'll hear clips like this. Drawings. Drawings. Drawings! I'm sure Marianne loves that. So eh, if, if, if anybody can think of relevant clips for this show, I... <laughs> um, yeah, and it... it, it well, you know what? It, I, I thought it was a cable issue at first, Mitch, but I'm using the same cable with my phone, and I'm not getting the buzz, which is kind of weird. So, I don't know. 
but I, I'm going to try a different one with my tablet maybe next week. God damn it, my wife's printing again. What the fuck? Ugh. It's because I have the only printer in the damn house. Um, so let me see here. Um, yeah, I, I only have like one um, like drunk-related clip on here, I think. Yeah. Because I'm kind of drunk for this oh, shit nuts. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, probably need to turn up my phone. Um, and I only have one sound card, and I'm using a USB mixer. So that kind of gives you an idea there. I could probably do something with that, but I don't know. Um, oh, okay. You know what? Honestly, I probably could jack it directly into my... Wow. Save myself there. Yeah, I mean, I play videos and music and stuff. So I mean, I'm... What I pretty much... I have my USB uh, mixer, and it's just a little, like shitty one um but i mean it works for me uh and then i got basically everything going through my computer with skype and all this stuff i mean i have like no other inputs going but um i do have this one piece of software power mixer that at least lets me like mute down my skype if i need to mute down windows sound mute down chrome and stuff like that Ooh, mitch is sending me a link here that i am gonna check out called sound plant Ooh. Okay, I like that. I like that. Okay, I'm bookmarking that, Mitch. Thank you very much, because that is fucking awesome. That would actually probably be better for me, then I don't have to worry about any buzzing. But, um, making wave? Okay, cool. Awesome. Thank you, Mitch. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of you don't care about this tech stuff, but uh, every, every, every show seems to have some little tech dealy. So, why not? Uh, this weekend, I bought a couple growlers, which I actually finished the last of it uh, yesterday. One was a uh, a beer I had been thinking about getting in a well, it was a split six pack, three of three of one, three of another from Evil Genius, their Trick or Treat Chocolate Pumpkin Porter, which was actually really, really, really fucking good. I figured I might as well get it in the growler instead of that split six pack because the other uh, other beer in the six pack was just a regular old pumpkin ale, and I've had enough of those recently. But a chocolate pumpkin porter hadn't seen that before. Really, really good. The pumpkin flavor wasn't overly spicy. The chocolate flavor wasn't overbearing, and you know, um, blanking out the pumpkin. So if Evil Genius distributes near you, look out for that. Like I said, normally it comes in a split six-pack. Uh, it's their trick-or-treat chocolate pumpkin porter. The other one, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a, it's a pumpkin ale. So, And then I also got uh, something that makes me think that people are starting to do more and more rock beers. Star Hill Smokeout Rock Beer. And I that was the one I actually finished up yesterday. Really good. Not as smoky as the... Fuck it up again. Ike Schlenkerla. Okay, I'm getting better at that. Uh, not quite as good as that, but it had it had a nice, um, nice easy smokiness to it. Not you know, you didn't feel like you were drinking bacon necessarily, but it had that nice smoky feel to it. Um, and then the wine that I mentioned got that when I got the uh, growlers. It's Skylands Apple Pie Wine from Cava Winery and Vineyard out of Hamburg, New Jersey. Now, if you like the smell and taste of apple pie and you like uh, white wine, you'd probably enjoy this. 
it's very sweet, but it really has that apple pie aroma and taste to it. Now, as I do sometimes with my more aromatic beers, I'll let my wife take a whiff of it because she's not going to drink beer. She's not going to drink wine. Uh, I had her try my Guinness once and I thought she was going to puke. So that kind of tells you her tastes when it comes to that. I mean, she's, she's more happy with the strawberry daiquiri, but, um, I, I cracked open this bottle, had her, uh, take a whiff of it. And she's like, Oh my God, that smells like apple pie. Then she took a sip from my glass and then her face kind of turned. So yeah, she's, she's not going to be a wine drinker anytime soon. Um, <laughs> so let's see. Uh, yeah, it, it it because it's so sweet. It's really a one glass in an evening kind of thing. I couldn't drink multiples of it in a sitting, it, just because it it would it would just be way too much. I mean, it it was probably. I mean, I haven't had wine like that in a while, but it was kind of close to a dessert wine. Although dessert wines tend to be a little bit thicker, more syrupy. Mm. Almost done with my first bottle of Turbo Dog here. Thank God. And there's apparently something about my face when I go to buy beer that makes the cashier want to talk to me. I don't know what the fuck it is because 99% of the time I have kind of a scowl on my face anyway. Um, but the guy saw I was getting Turbo Dog. He's like, oh, that looks interesting. Of course, I open my goddamn mouth and you know, I tell him, oh, yeah, yeah it's, you know, got that kind of, you know, chocolatey malt flavor blah 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 and he just keeps going on and saying you know yeah i i I can't drink bud light anymore and he tells me his old standby is corona well okay Eh, to each their own but this this guy he at least seems like he tries different stuff in the store um Mitch in the chat said, uh, Sherry got a pumpkin wine from a local winery. The pumpkin was pretty overpowering, more of a one glass type of thing. I, I'm trying to think if I've seen any pumpkin wines out here. I mean, I've seen a lot of pumpkin cream liqueurs, but I don't think I've seen any pumpkin wines yet. But I, I could see how that would be. And any time I've gotten, well, even um, something like, uh, for those of you that go to Starbucks, like a pumpkin spice latte, I will get those during the season every once in a great while because I get it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I don't get this all the time because it's just so, pumpkin, even when it's pumpkin spice or something, it's just a very overpowering flavor. That's why so many of the pumpkin beers that you see, they either really underdo it so you're barely getting any pumpkin flavor at all or they really overdo it to the point where it's not, it's not as enjoyable a drink anymore. Um, the only, the uh, like speaking of like another hot beverage that's like that, that heavy overpowering feeling. I remember they used to make this Butterfinger hot chocolate, and it tasted like liquid Butterfinger. But you, you take a sip of that, and you feel like you have to shit immediately. That's the that's the heavy feeling from that. But I, 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 I love stuff like pumpkin pie. Like Mitch said in the chat. Okay, yeah, pump, he likes pumpkin pie filling, not the pie. Okay, pumpkin pie filling, pumpkin bar, stuff like that. And it's funny too because the the filling, well, seems less filling than some of the flavor you get from the beers, from the uh, espresso based drinks, and stuff like that. 
Um, but it, very, it, it's a very seasonal thing. It's 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 kind of like um like your peppermint kind of stuff when when Christmas uh, spins around. And I'm still keeping an eye out for that shipyard chocolate mint because I really really want to try that. But that would be another that I think that would be almost a holiday kind of uh, kind of thing. Even though that's mint, not peppermint, and we know peppermint is more Christmassy, whereas mint is more spearmint. And well, you know, you can pretty much have that at any time of the year. Um, I was looking this week to see if I could find some more somewhat local beer festivals to go to because beer festivals make me, well, pretty happy because I get to just walk around and drink beer and my wife will drive me there and drive me home, which is pretty nice. And they make me feel oddly productive because I feel like I am doing something for the show. I might be. I might not be. I might just be going in there and getting drunk for, you know, 30, 40 bucks. But I'm lazy when it comes to it, and I don't really want to go too far. So I was I was looking up stuff that's coming up within, like, the next month or so. And there, there was nothing within, I don't know, maybe 30 miles or so that I really wanted to try and go for so fuck it i will just keep waiting maybe maybe when when uh december hits of course when december hits that's when all my fucking video shoots pop up again and i have no spare time and ugh. and then the final little tidbit before i get into news stories and shit like that i was listening to the um for those of you that follow hockey you might be familiar with the puck daddy blog and the podcast for that Merrick versus Wyshynski Jeff Merrick on there brought up a very interesting point he was saying and he was saying this tongue-in-cheek but he was saying that Taco Bell should be arrested because think of it this way their drive-through is open until 2 a.m. in some places 3 a.m. 4 a.m. now who is going to get a taco or a burrito at that time of the night. Drunk people. Yes, drunk people. Therefore, Taco Bell is encouraging drunk driving, and the perfect place for a police sobriety checkpoint would probably be at the exit to a Taco Bell. That said, Taco Bell is delicious, and I would probably still do it. But don't drive drunk. Don't do it. I'm not endorsing that at all. But Taco Bell is pretty tasty when you're drunk. And I may actually want some after the show, but I know my wife will not go get it because they fucked up our last two orders. Yes, the Taco Bell in Ledgewood, New Jersey. Fuck you. You fucked up my tacos again. Fuck you. Fuck you. You bunch of fucking stoners making tacos. Fuck you. Okay. With that, I will move on to some more uh, topical news kind of things. This is when I was going to approach last week, but just uh, didn't get a chance to. Some Guinness news. Arthur's Day is facing pushback in Ireland. Uh, Let's see. This is from BBC News. An attempt to establish an Irish day devoted to Guinness risks becoming a major PR hangover for the drinks giant Diageo before even a drop is drunk. Critics, including musicians and doctors, have accused Arthur's Day this Thursday, which uh, that would have been last last Thursday, of promoting drunkenness. Now, this surprised me. A snap poll for a leading radio show, I'm assuming, in Ireland, revealed 74% of listeners were opposed to the day named after Arthur Guinness. 
is this like some AA based show where people are going to be opposed to it just by their very nature? I mean, look, look at any radio show. You know, you 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 know, say say you call into Air America if that's I don't know if that's still a thing. I don't even remember if it is, but. I think any poll that you get on there is probably going to be saying, you know, anti-George Bush, anti-Republican. You call into um, Rush Limbaugh, well, you know, poll there is going to be fuck Obama. It, so I, I don't know. It, they they did not really go into the details of this poll, which kind of annoys me a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mitch calling them on using the word hangover. Very, very clever of them. But the big thing in this article is that one of Ireland's most famous homegrown singer-songwriters, Christy Moore, has led a counteroffensive. He actually wrote a song basically bitching about Arthur's Day. And I... Let's see. So he... In, in the song, he dubs... Arthur's Day and Elko Holiday, which hey, I don't I don't see that as a bad thing, but he he says it negatively, and that's because this asshole stopped drinking over twenty years ago. Okay, fine. You know what? If you stop drinking, and you got saddled with the girl's name, obviously, don't ruin it for the rest of us. So, so I I actually have him doing this song here. He he did it on some show on um. Was it prime on prime time on RTE one, whatever that fucking network is? So I'll play this a little bit. I'll probably you know jump jump in here and there. So you know no, no copyright and all shit like that. Uh, let me make sure my window sounds are up. And here we go. And oh, okay. Maybe I don't have. Oh, it's not window sounds. It's Chrome. Yeah, I know how to mix audio. Fucking shit. Okay, here we go. This is some old Diageo, Diageo, I've mounted the crusade. Ooh, you've mounted a crusade against Diageo. You're singing, you're singing their name right at the beginning of their song. Oh, this is going to be timely, isn't it? Creating Arthur's Day, they've suckered us into their charade. Okay, what's wrong with having a day to drink Guinness? I see nothing wrong with that whatsoever, but maybe that's just me because I do enjoy Guinness. Start them off on alcohol pops. Tastes just like lemonade. Um, what's an alco pop? Is it like a lollipop that is, uh, like made with alcohol? Because I, cause I haven't seen those. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. Ah, uh, let me continue. Get them into the hit while they're younger and none the wiser. Diageo pump the volume up on Arthur's Day. With the Manic Street Preacher's primal scream, Tom Jones and David Gray. To fly- I guess maybe that was his, uh, his, his form of a shout-out saying... I have integrity, man, because you sold out to Diageo and are promoting this day, man. I mean, 
this old guy, I guess he's revered in Ireland. I have no idea. Um, I don't know if I have any Irish listeners that would be able to, uh, you know, give me an idea of this, but. Of the alcohol, the revving the youngsters up on a mighty spree. Twitter and Facebook tell the kids where the Mumfords are going to be. Okay, yeah, see, see how relevant this song will be in 10 years. What the fuck is Twitter? What the fuck is Facebook? <laughs> um, oh, okay. Mitch uh, chiming in the chat here. Alcoholic soda pops, modern day drinks with fruity flavor like lemonade or strawberry flavored alcoholic drinks. So it's okay, <laughs> consumed in vast quantities by 15 year old girls with way too much makeup and nowhere near enough clothing. So basically, it it's probably no more like fucking Smirnoff, Smirnoff Ice. You know those goddamn things. What the fuck? I mean, come on. I would sh- show my age here. Uh, when I was in high school, I was drinking Zima because we didn't have all them fancy flavors. If we wanted a flavor, we had to we had to kind of melt, you know, a Jolly Rancher a bit in our mouth so it would fit through the bottleneck and then pop it into the Zima, and then you'd get a flavored Zima. But again, I'm showing my age with that because. Half of you have probably never even seen a bottle of Zima. Ugh. Let me continue here. It's happy, 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 happy Arthur's Day. It's a happy, happy, clappy advertising scheme during sense. Well, yeah, of course it's advertising because they're advertising Guinness. What's the big deal with that? I mean, look at stuff like, I don't know, Valentine's Day now. That's a hallmark fucking holiday. It has absolutely nothing to do with, you know, the Valentine's Day massacre and everything. Come on. Possibly they implore us as their hosannas sound a never-ending chorus. And kids get hooked on the fantasies they flash before us. That I'm trying to figure out, um... Maybe people are just getting drunk, particularly women, and they're going scantily clad, and guys are going home and jerking it because of the drunken, scantily clad women. I don't know. I'm, this is just a guess on that part. At opening time, Arthur's holiday, it's coming round again. He's the patron saint of Porter, canonized by the advertising men. Or maybe it's because Guinness is a delicious drink. I mean, maybe, you know, it has a rich history behind it. And then it's not all about the advertising agencies, you fuck. The medics in the ambulance will be working overtime. Oh, shut up. It was that one time at the fucking ER and I wasn't even drinking Guinness. The A&E will be at the wrong tank in the firing line. Diageo goes a wall at closing time. Yeah. Okay, I'm willing to bet that uh, Diageo and Guinness and everything probably have a lot of signage on many a thing, probably the cans, probably websites, stuff like that, to drink responsibly. I think that's, you know, they're doing their part there, honestly, because 
what do you, do you expect Diageo to show up at the emergency room for somebody that's drank too much? I certainly don't because I didn't I didn't see any reps from uh, Budweiser at my hospital. It's happy, 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 happy Arthur's Day. It's a happy, happy, clappy advertising scheme. During sensibly, they implore us. See, that's why I just said. As their hosannas sound a never-ending chorus. And kids get hooked on the fantasies they flash before us. At opening time Arthur's Alcoholiday It's coming round again Okay, and that's, that's pretty much it with this. So, some of the YouTube comments on this are wonderful. P- apparently, not everybody shares his sentiment. I mean, first of all, there's something intrinsically wrong about a Irish anti-drinking song because that's basically what it is but one of the youtube comments is well done christy you've just created an anthem to be sung at the events on arthur's day after six or seven guinness another one he's a bit disingenuous about this he claims he wrote it two years ago but only appears to have the courage of his convictions this year when he hears others anti-arthur's day movements and then this one this one i loved and i believe at the end of it they're referring to some song lyrics of his from the past where he apparently did not have a problem with the beer. What a two-faced prick. What happened to how your man stayed up on the surfboard after 14 pints of stout? So, fuck this guy. I'm not from Ireland. I've never heard of him, but fuck Christy Moore. Yeah, it's a marketing thing. Guinness is marketing it. But... What's wrong with another reason to celebrate by drinking Guinness? As far as I'm concerned, Diageo can have a Guinness holiday every single fucking month. Let them do it. I'm going to keep buying it. And it's going to have nothing to do with the advertising. If, if they're going to give me a reason to go into a bar and raise a pint of Guinness, so be it. I'm fine with that. I expect bullshit pushback like this in the U.S. when it comes to advertising because people get all in a fucking tizzy, yes I said tizzy, about completely innocent ads here. But in Ireland, I mean, it, it, that's, I mean, it's the culture. Maybe it's a stereotype, but there's a stereotype for a reason. Irish people like to drink. They like to go to the pub for a pint. Simple as that. Bullshit pushback in the U.S. is prevalent when it comes to any kind of drinking advertisement because we're a bunch of fucking babies that apparently... I mean, the the, the one drunk driver that runs over, you know, a mom and her kids in a crosswalk, and I'm not saying that's good, I'm saying that is bad, but that one asshole ruins it for the rest of us, pretty much. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but you have shit going on in Ireland, apparently, with that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just saw Arthur's Day when I first read about it as... You know, a, another fun holiday to celebrate Arthur Guinness. Simple as it's it's a historical kind of thing. 
Yes, it's marketing by Diageo and Guinness. But fuck this girl named pansy ass fuck old man bullshit prick cunt. I don't know. I'm running out of insults here. Um, well, and speak, speaking of, um, well, like, you know, kind of, well, actually, no, this has nothing to do with that. Never mind. I don't know what I'm saying. This one harkens back to my home state in Michigan. Michigan law requires beer pints to have 16 ounces. Now, that may seem a little weird at first, but there's a reason behind this. This is from NBC News. Several Michigan lawmakers want to make sure that a pint of beer is really a pint of beer down to the last drop. A bill introduced last week would amend the Liquor Control Act to make it an offense to advertise or sell any glass of beer as a pint in the state unless that glass contains at least 16 ounces of beer. Now, that may seem kind of nitpicky. Why are they legislating this shit? Blah, 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 blah. Now, it is, you know, liquor control, and that is part of, you know, what the government's doing. But uh, Representative Brandon Dillon, a Grand Rapids Democrat and co-sponsor of the bill, told NBC News the goal is not to punish dishonest pub and restaurant owners, but to prompt proprietors to sell what they advertise. And uh, he goes on to say it's basically a truth and advertising issue. When you sell a product, you have to sell what you're claiming to be offering. Makes sense to me. Um, you know, consumer protection, things like that. Restaurant owners, of course, some of them are opposing it. And the main reason there's opposition to it is that some are concerned they may have to purchase all new glassware to abide by the law. Well, you know what? If you were serving pints in the first place, you wouldn't have to do that. Um, let's see. Representative David Nezik, he's another sponsor of the bill. And he said it was motivated by complaints he had received from constituents about cheater pints and other glasses and cups that are sold as pints, but instead contain less than 16 ounces. And ultimately, he says, they're just looking to get what they paid for. If you offer a pint of beer, he said, you should be selling 16 ounces. It's a sad state that... we. We have to legislate something like that to make sure that you're actually getting what you're paying for when it comes to the amount of beer. I mean, but nowadays it doesn't really surprise me either. You, know, you, you remember, um, what was that? I think it was a couple months back, uh, those New Jersey restaurants, I mean, there were some TGI Fridays among them that were selling, they were charging for the top shelf liquor and serving something different or i think there was what was it? there was one that was serving rubbing alcohol that was like caramel colored or something like that um it, it it does seem to be a shame that these bars are really really trying to cut corners with a lot of these things and i guess it, it make it makes sense that you know they'd be doing it with beer too um to be honest i would i would be tempted to investigate some of these restaurants or bars or whatever that have the cheater pints and I'd want to investigate their uh, spirits practices too because if they're cheating on their beer you're not quite sure what they're doing with their um, with their spirits too um, so that was, that was kind of a short story so let me see what I got next year 
Um, oh, okay, another another bit of a, a law thing. One that I actually was not aware of at all. Uh, this is out of New Hampshire. Uh, let me bring this up here. Okay, sorry, but I had to figure out where my tabs were going. One of my favorite beers is Founders Breakfast Stout. And apparently, it is illegal to sell that, at least in bottled form, in New Hampshire. This very much surprised me. And the re- it doesn't have to do with the beer itself. It doesn't have to do with the alcohol content or anything like that. It has to do with the label on Founders Breakfast Stout. Now, for those of you that um, have never had Founders Breakfast Stout, have never seen Founders Breakfast Stout, um, of course, the webpage will not load the image for me. So let me see if I can uh, find it elsewhere. Hey, hey, Marianne. Just saw you there in the chat. Um, let's see. Oh, and Mitch is saying, uh, similar to the food advertising business, if you're marketing a product to cook food, any imagery of food has to be cooked with the item. Um, hmm, that's interesting. You can obviously primp it up, but it has to be cooked with that item. Now, I'm curious, because I've heard about um, photographing ice cream, for instance. Because it would melt under the studio lights, I've heard about dyed uh, mashed potatoes being used for that. Um, um, oh, you know, okay. Mitch uh, mentioned something in the chat. There's a video, uh, not the best for on air, but stadiums were selling medium and large beer containers, which held the exact same amount of beer. I do remember seeing that story and it's, it, it, it's amazing. That's, that's why if. If I'm buying beer from a venue, you know, a sporting venue, a concert, something like that, if it's not a one size for everything kind of thing, I will more often than not go for the for the smaller size because I I'm just suspicious of getting gypped by that. But let me see if I can pull up that label, Founders Breakfast Stout. Uh, I know a lot of my listeners have probably seen it because that's that's one of Founders' more popular ones. Um, oh, damn it. I don't need an image upscaled that large because it looks like shit. Because, oh, Jesus Christ, people. There we go. I hate... I, one of my biggest pet peeves on... Particularly on Google Image Search is when I see an image and I'm like, ooh, you know, large resolution image. And all it is is somebody has taken a smaller image and upscaled it to fuck. Pisses me off. Um, oh, okay. Mitch says, ice cream has been mashed potatoes before. Don't know the exact reasons why. That's okay, but I think it's because color and consistency are the same. Yes, ice cream is near impossible to shoot. Yeah, I mean, the, from the moment you scoop that into the cone, it's going to start melting and you're never going to... Unless that's what you are intending to shoot, melting ice cream, you're never going to get a good shot out of that. Um... Okay, so I'm posting this in the chat here. This is the Founders Breakfast Stout label. Now, if you could guess what their problem is with this. Knowing our culture, well, the problem is that there is a child on the label. So from the article, this is from the Eagle Tribune in New Hampshire. 
The label shows a child eating oatmeal, although it doesn't show a child drinking alcohol. This is still illegal under the state's Alcoholic Enforcement Law, RSA 17931. Advertising of liquor or beverages shall shall not contain any reference to minors, pictorial or otherwise, the statute reads. And, um... Let's see. Uh, James Barbudi, examiner for the <laughs> Barbudi, <laughs> uh, examiner for the New Hampshire Liquor Commission, says the bottle was not approved when it appeared before the commission last year. And Founders Brewing co-founder Dave Engbers did not criticize the commission's decision. We're aware of the New Hampshire ruling on breakfast stout. We respect the Liquor Commission's perspective on our artwork. So basically, New Hampshire gets screwed out of breakfast stout, at least in bottles. However. Uh, there is, let's see, um, Andrew Day, the owner of Cask and Vine in Derry. He's holding an event, uh, let's see, well, he held an event, it would have been a couple weeks ago, to protest the decision. It's absurd, he said, there's no reference to the child drinking, it's something cute. Uh, he can't sell the beer by the bottle, but he can and does have it on tap at his restaurant, so... If you're willing to go out to the bar, and I would assume if you were able to get it in growler form somewhere, you'd be able to get breakfast stout in New Hampshire. If you weren't able to get it at all, it'd be a damn shame because Founders Breakfast Stout is fantastic. If you've never tried it before and you have access to it and you like a good stout, one of the best I've had. Really, really good. Um, and that's, it, that's you know, it, the... Um, Basically, I think it's the basis for a lot of founders' other stouts that they have going. Um, you know, like the uh, the uh, KBS, the Kentucky was it? Is it Kentucky Bourbon Stout or Kentucky Breakfast? I don't know. Um, there's another one too. There, there's another stout they have that's even rarer than the KBS. Um, let's see. Um, okay, the owner of that bar, he went on to say, I don't get it. They allow us to sell Founders Devil Dancer, which shows a naked woman being held up by the devil. There are so many more questionably offensive things that they've let pass through. Um, so, uh, there seems to be no, n- no change in this. Nobody's trying to, you know, change the law, really. Um, uh, he goes on to say, our liquor laws are archaic compared to other states. It deters so many breweries from bottling in New Hampshire. And that that is a shame because if if you're going to nitpick everything, you're not going to have breweries come in there. Um, adjacent state, Massachusetts, the law does not specifically mention the use of minors on beer labels. Section 204-2.03 of the Massachusetts Alcohol Regulation states... The use of any advertising matter of an improper or objectionable nature is prohibited. So it, it's kind of subjective, but there, this you know, this bottle again. If you look, if you see it in the chat, it's a little kid eaten from a a bowl of oatmeal that says Founders on it. It's supposed to be cute. It's not implying that this kid is drinking alcohol or has anything to do with the alcohol, but. Yeah. The law is the law. <laughs> Fucking shit. Um. Okay, second bottle done. Shit, that's uh, that's not good. I only got one more bottle down here. Might have to grab another bottle upstairs during break. Ah, uh, let's see. 
I can hit up a couple more here before break. Uh, Dogfish Head makes beer with moon dust. I, I was going back and forth on even wanting to cover this particular story because, frankly, it sounded very gimmicky and ridiculous to me. But I like Dogfish Head, so I give them the benefit of the doubt. This is another one from NBC News. Uh, okay, had to open that last Turbo Dog. It is. Let's see, it's on tap at their Brewings and Eats restaurant in Delaware. Which, if I uh, next time I make the Delaware, I really need to visit that restaurant. It's Celeste Jewel Ale, and I'm seeing a link to that. There might be a picture or something. Um, traditional German Oktoberfest beer with one not so traditional ingredient: moon dust. Uh, okay, I was just seeing if there was any kind. Oh, okay. You know what? There, there actually is some sort of. Uh, let me uh, show this. This is from the... Oh, motherfucker. I hate it when I can't copy image links. There we go. Apparently, if you have this beer, there is a drink koozie that they put around the glass. I'll post this in the chat. There's a reason this is significant with the... Oh, son of a bitch. That's what happens when I don't look at my goddamn keyboard. There we go. Uh, let me go back to the article here. The, um, let's see, ILC Dover made custom koozies from the same material as their spacesuits. Only 10 of the space age sleeves exist. So, I don't know if, uh, certain people got these gifted to them or if they just kept them at the restaurant and, uh, served them with the beer or not. But anyway, Celeste Jewel Ale, it's a German Oktoberfest beer with moon dust, uh, let's see. Celeste Jewel Ales made with lunar meteorites that have been crushed into dust. Yes, this is actually what they did. Then steeped like tea in a rich, malty Oktoberfest. The certified moon jewels are made up primarily of minerals and salts, helping the yeast-induced fermentation process and lending this traditional German style a subtle but complex earthiness. And then somebody on Dogfish had said, Or is it mooniness? <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, I, I, I make no claims of being a clever person. Every so often, I may say something clever. It's very rarely on air. I mean, if if I said clever things on air, I'd be on a show on you know like Hippo Juice or something like that. But. I hate it when these breweries try to be clever in their press releases. There's a difference... Well, okay, you know what? There, There's a difference between clever and just kind of hacky. That felt very hacky. What, um... I think it was BrewDog did a while back when they, uh... It, it was uh, April Fool's Day that they did that supposed beer release that was going to just be, you know, pretty much a shit beer. It was going to be their version of Bud Light. That was clever, without being hacky. <sighs> mooniness. Mooniness. <sighs> Only one thing I have to say to that. Drawings. Drawings. Drawings! Sorry, I had to use the soundboard at least one more time in the show, now that I know that Marianne's here. 
I don't know if she actually heard that or not, though. Ah, um, let's see. ILC Interna- International Latex Corporation. They're the ones that did those koozies. Uh, Celestial Ale Limited Brew, available only on tap at Dogfish Head Restaurant. Described by its creators as having notes of doughy malt, toasted bread, subtle caramel, and a light herbal bitterness. Now, I was actually kind of surprised that they were allowed to do this. Because I know, for instance, with Moon Rocks, I believe it is, at least in this country, it's illegal to possess a Moon Rock. Now, these are meteorites, um, you know, meteorites from the moon, so it's not taken directly from the moon. But the article says lunar meteorites are a relatively rare commodity, although they are legal to buy and sell and evidently drink. Had the brewery wanted any of the lunar samples brought back by the Apollo astronauts, they would have been limited to trying to obtain and then scrape the lunar material off the few dust-stained artifacts saved by the space voyagers as souvenirs. So, basically, if it was directly taken from the moon, no, no. If it was knocked off the moon somehow, okay, that's fine. I don't understand the basis for that. Um, NASA considers the rocks collected during mankind's first missions to the moon a national treasure and has never given away even the smallest of pebbles to any individual, let alone a brewery. So, but they have the, they have the NASA connection with the with the koozies, and you know they 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 used they used lunar meteorites in this. And I guess if it if it lends something to the taste, if they really think it does, well, I'll let them keep saying it. Ah, okay. And this is how they keep the koozies at the bar. Uh, the koozies are a little more valuable than your average foam jobby, so you'll have to hand over your license and drink your Celestial Ale at the bar. So that is how they keep people from stealing them. Of course, I suppose if you had a fake duplicate license or something, you could probably walk off with it. Just my thought. Um, let's see. I'll hit this last one before the break. This has to do with a sixth grader, so I don't know if uh, Hippo Juice Sean will be uh, making an appearance here, although it's a sixth grade boy, so, well, yeah, he may make an appearance. Uh, From the Denver Post, a Colorado sixth grader's beer-making experiment headed for the space station. Before I even get into this, I'm shocked that they allowed project like this by a sixth grader. I'm not opposed to this. I I think it's cool. I, if I had been able to make beer as a sixth grader, I probably would have been a little bit more interested in the whole process of science instead of making those goddamn molecule di it's not a diorama, the sculpture, I guess, with the styrofoam balls and the wood dowels and you know, all the atoms going around and shit like that. I remember having to do that so many fucking years, and it was so stupid. I hated that shit. I don't know. Maybe, maybe back then I liked it, and I, I was a nerdy little shit. But anyway, 
I'm I'm surprised they let this kid do it and that no one whined about it saying, Oh, you're going to promote alcoholism. Oh, 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 why are you letting him do this? Make him do another project. Make him do it on root beer. <laughs> I, and I could see that happening. I could see them saying, oh, "No beer, but you can you can do you can do root beer." <laughs> but the thing is, there was a specific purpose with this experiment this kid did, and I I think it was pretty smart. So from Denver Post, eleven-year-old Michael, uh, fucking Polish last name, Bodzianowski. I think I did that pretty well. He's too young to drink the stuff, but the Highlands Ranch six. Proofread your articles, people. Don't put sixth with the number and then sixth with the word. Back to back. Highlands Ranch sixth grader will be the first person to experiment with making beer in space. So what he did here, it was uh, his class at Douglas County STEM School and Academy entered a national science competition with the hope of getting their microgravity experiment flown to the International Space Station, beer came to mind. What the entry was, and there, there's even further reasoning behind this, it's not just a frivolous kind of thing, what are the effects of creation of beer in microgravity, and is it possible? I'm interested. I want to know if beer can be you know, produced in microgravity. So... Did this with the whole competition, got accepted in anything. He's the first Colorado student to win the competition, which might say something about Colorado. I'm not sure. I mean, Dutch is from there, so take that as you will. Um, do, 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 the 11 experiments won the competition. Do, 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 do. Okay. Um, he came up with the idea after reading a book called Gruesome Facts that explained why beer was so popular in the Middle Ages. Um and I, I, I've talked about this, but not the first part, but the latter part. It was a punishment for crimes that you couldn't drink beer. And most people didn't survive that because water was contaminated back then. Beer was obviously a lot safer for you then. So he was pondering how alcohol killed bacteria in the water, thought it might work for future space colonies. So it's not just some frivolous, do this on, wow. And just just in a side thing here, I see 19 alleged victims settle in the uh, Sandusky case in Philly. Oof. Wow, they must have gotten a good payday. But anyway, um, this kid thought it would work for future space colonies. So it's not just your random, you know, let's see what happens in zero-G here. Um, He wrote in his design proposal, beer is an important factor in future civilization as an emergency backup hydration and medical source. I'm totally with this kid. I, I have no problem with what he's saying. Um... In space, if a project exploded, wounded people, and polluted most of the water, he theorized, the fermentation process could be used to make beer, which can then be used as a disinfectant and a clean drinking source. Yes! 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 Yes, yes, yes! Yes! Ah, this kid knows what he's talking about. Mm. Um, Let's see. See if there's anything else interesting in the article. Uh, His experiment, when launched, will be in a silicone tube. About six inches long, clasps on the tube will segregate hops, malted barley, yeast, and water. When the tube arrives at the space station, astronauts will remove the clamps, then shake the ingredients to determine whether beer can be made in space. We're just trying to get the yeast to react with ingredients of beer, he said. If it doesn't react at all, this tells you it won't work. So they're going to try and make beer in space. And of course, you know that some brewery 
is going to try and coordinate with fucking was it um was it Virgin Galactic or whatever the the space flights some brewery if if this works they're going to try and collaborate with them and try and actually brew a batch in space that will undoubtedly sell for thousands and thousands of dollars a bottle yeah uh, so with that I suppose I should probably hit my break because I know I'm going to have to grab at least one more beer from upstairs because I cracked open my last one. I underestimated how much I would need to drink tonight, obviously. Uh, So coming up after the break, I have a few more stories and then I may actually, may actually get into some of those lists that I've been holding off from week to week to week to week. Uh, former Microsoft employee creates automated homebrew machine. I don't know how I feel about this. And then, uh, let's see. What your style of beer says about you. Marianne actually sent this to me on Facebook, and I thought it was pretty pretty interesting. It, at first, I thought it might be too visual, but I think it works pretty well. And then a few lists here. Eight simple steps on how to not be a dick while drinking beer. Uh, 21 reasons you should drink more beer. Um... Wow, holy shit, I thought I felt my pocket vibrating. My phone is on my desk. I have problems. Um, Let's see. And then, okay, and this one is from College Humor. I don't normally use College Humor, but why not? The Complete Guide to Craft Beer at Your Local Bar. I thought this was, well, I'm going to say it again. I thought it was pretty clever. And then, of course, some new beer releases and reveals. For the week, uh, got stuff from Shells. I got stuff from Shorts Brewing. And let's see, Boulder Beer, and even a couple from Miller Coors, because I do not discriminate on this show. So with that, I will be back in approximately 10 minutes or so here on Alcohol by Volume on MoreLikeRadio.com. Alcohol by Volume! Wait, why is that guy gargling? This is your morning wake-up call. Get up. It's how I get my morning started. They're my morning show. All right, here's a little inside info. They're not even real listeners. These are staged people, and you hear the same thing across the entire country. And that's why Hammy, Hammy, the true American, is going to serve his country and expose these hack shows for what they are. Only on Brainstew Radio, Friday nights, 8 to 10, on morelikeradio.com. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of Peace, at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you <laughs> relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. God, what are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? 
I, I hope you end your life. Now get, off the <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Are you a fan of comics? What about obscure movies and TV shows? Well then, you are in luck because every Friday at Nerd Hour is here to talk about those completely and utterly awesome things. So join Punchy, Ariel, and now Cornax as we talk the things that people claim prevent you from getting laid, but are balls anyway. The Nerd Hour, every Friday night from 11pm to 1am, only on More Like Radio. Spoon! Recently on The Conti and Kenny Show. Up. Ah, are you kidding? And I'm watching. They also put on the thing that Honey Boo Boo's. Like the whole computer just froze up. Oh, really? Too much shit on here. Um, that's basically what she said. She's like, "Hey, Marquis, what's going on? I'm coming back for round two. And the guy was like, uh, "He basically was like, you need to be quiet." And then asked her for her ID, and her ID was in her car. So he told her she was banned from the mall. For not having an ID. It's like, really, dude? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, the Adobe plugin has crashed. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) Everything just went right in the toilet. Holy shit. I gotta... That's the Flight 800 of Adobe players. (laughs) I gotta do the... uh... (laughs) The Flight 800 of the Adobe players. The Conti and Kenny Show. Talking bollocks for fuck knows how many years. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours. Damn right, it's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. Hi, Society Radio is now part of morelikeradio.com. Who's all part of the more like the uh, more like radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining there? Oh, well, Hippo Juice, they're the the soul behind more right. like radio. And we're, we're jumping on there. Hi, Society Radio, that is. What other, what other kind of shows are over there, though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster that's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's ain't social gamer radio. There's the red show. There's daytime divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No, you're fucking with a family. Yeah, a real family, a family of gangsters. Take the edge off. MoreLikeRadio.com. It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Wrestling's fake. Oh, yeah? Jesus! The organization that brought you Tangled Web, Tournament of Death, and Prelude to Violence. 15 years of hardcore tradition. The Combat Zone is professional wrestling's proving grounds. Combat Zone doesn't do PG. No ballroom dancers or pimps shucking and jiving in our ring. 
just the biggest names in independent professional wrestling. Masada. Oh my God! What? Adam Cole. Only pro wrestling can two men kill each other and then follow it up with a hug covered in blood. Danny Havoc. Younger. Just moving your body on the canvas. Painful! Not painful that! CCW features the ultimate hybrid style of high-flying mat wrestling combined with hardcore death-defying action the other promotions wish they were allowed to show you. Get the latest news on live events, internet pay-per-views, and more. Or score yourself a classic CCW t-shirt from their online store. Support the ultra-violent underground. Go to czwrestling.com or follow Combat Zone on Twitter. Hey everybody, this is Alexa. You can hear my Uncle Sean say terrible things on a Hippo Juice show. Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Followed by the Red Show from 9 to 11. And now Mark Out Radio with Big T and Dark Fox is on Wednesday too. Join them during their new time slot, 11 to 1 a.m. Only on morelikeradio.com. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot, Dark Fox. I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but this is a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe because he met another guy. I really cannot get over him because once he told me, I love your dick, whilst he was stroking it. That's the reason I will never let go. Lust in love, now gayer than ever. And that's saying a lot considering we used to have Hammy on the show. Join us Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Morelikeradio.com. Because mean people need to laugh, too. Are you limping? My hip is achy. Oh, I wonder if it's your shoes. You tried different shoes? Try on four different pairs of shoes with every outfit. Rain or shine, you know that. Oh. What did you do? Well, he could try on a hundred different pairs. It's not going to matter. The left heel is an eighth of an inch shorter on every single pair. <laughs> this is so crazy, Nick. Oh, my God. You know what we should do? We should take those shavings and then sprinkle them by his car. Let me just get this clear. Take the little bit of dust and go outside and put it near his car? Yes. That's not a prank. Yes, it is. That's just kind of littering. His whole ride to okay, work, he's been thinking like, what? So we're pranking him so he thinks while we're not around, what? It's too small. You've got to go bigger than that. Well, anyway, i got to fill this up with pee. Ew, why? So I can pour it all over Schmidt's bed and make him think he's incontinent. That's disgusting, Nick. Hey, sometimes up close, art is ugly. Got an idea. Instead of urine, we use acid. <laughs> Put it on his face, all right? Hour number two of Alcohol by Volume here on morelikeradio.com. 
If you want to Skype in, Skype name, alcohol by volume, all one word. And if you want to call in, 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. So, before the break, I had teased... Let's see what I had teased. Some, uh, some guys that used to work at Microsoft. Holy shit, we're... we're oh, we're here. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can tell it's hour number two because I'm now many beers deep. Uh, former Microsoft employee creates automated homebrew machine. This is from the Seattle Times. Uh, two former Microsoft employees. Oh, it's two former Microsoft employees. Silly me. Uh, two former Microsoft employees have figured out how to. Pre- Ooh, okay. I got a phone call coming in, so I'm gonna uh, answer this here. Hello, caller. Hi, is this that alcohol show? Uh oh, who is this? Is this is this Mr. Alcohol speaking? Look, my name is Miley Joe Ray, and I had some comments about that boy who's doing that beer for science class. <laughs> Go for it. How old did you say that boy was? That boy, I believe, is eleven years old. 11 years old, that's just blasphemy, Mr. Alcohol. Can I tell you why? My baby just turned seven yesterday. Seven, okay? Last weekend was our Moonshine Festival down here in town, and he won number one for the best blueberry moonshine. So let me tell you what, that 11-year-old is far behind. <laughs> this like, Mama, let me tell you how proud Mama is. Mama's so proud, she's taking my baby to that place down in Florida, the place with the mouth and the ears and the stuff, in February. So I can celebrate my baby getting number one. Well, you got to start them young with that stuff. Exactly. Look, Mama's turning 21 on Friday. Can I get a shout-out for that? Woohoo! And my seven-year-old won the best moonshine in town. Well, congratulations to him. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So that's all I wanted to say. Then mamas, they ain't starting their babies out young enough. You got to get them good and ready for you so you can retire at age 21. See, you're raising them right. See, thank you. What you need next is a reality show. Thank you, Mr. Alcohol. I totally agree. But I'm going to let you go back to your show and you have a good show, okay, honey? Well, thank you. Bye. That was probably one of the stranger calls I've gotten on the show. <laughs> so, where was I? Oh, just noticing I still have my moonshine next to me here. Oh, I may have to I'm gonna dip into that if I break through on my beer here. Ah, <laughs> totally derailed, but in a very amusing way. So, here we go. Uh... Former Microsoft employees, they figured out how to produce top-notch beer in any style and flavor you can imagine with the machine. Something like this worries me ever so slightly because I don't know, it, it takes some of the charm out of home brewing, and it becomes a well, I don't know, it, beca- it becomes an Apple computer of uh, of home brewing. Even though these guys were Microsoft, I mean. It, it 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 makes it too easy. Now, believe me, w- would I love to just be able to combine ingredients into a machine and just let it do what it needs to do? Yeah, but there is still something to be said 
for, you know, doing homebrew the old-fashioned way. Yeah, I use a Mr. Beer kit, so that might even be considered, you know, going the easy way. But I'm still, you know, mixing the stuff, letting it... I, I, I think I'm doing it, you know, somewhat traditionally. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, Mitch might be able to appreciate this. There is something to be said for... And, and and don't get me wrong, I, I'd, I'd never want to go back to this. But there's something to be said for editing actual film. There's something to be said for editing and splicing actual audio tape. There, there, is, there is a charm behind it. Now, as technology improves, do you ever want to go back to that? I, I, I don't think this is one of those things that would get that kind of prevalence. You never know, though. As craft brewing grows, um, let's see, this thing is called Pico Brew, home beer brewing machine. As craft brewing and home brewing gains more prevalence, you never know. You could see something like this gaining a foothold. Um, but, I mean, you can say there, there's something to be said for the charm of doing it the traditional way, but then... You know, I, I I used to I used to edit um, back at that post production facility I worked at in Michigan. We used to edit tape to tape. Now we weren't splicing film, but we were still doing tape to tape. SVHS. We actually had a couple of JVC slow mo decks, so we did slow mo on that. But it was all tape to tape. If you did not have a segment, we were like doing wedding videos. If you had a segment of the video that you were not ready to edit yet, you actually had to gap out that part of the video. So say I was doing a picture montage, you know, 10 minutes into the video. Well, 10 minutes in, I might lay down that song. Or if I don't have the song, I will just lay down, you know, five minutes of black video and then continue editing from that point. Whereas now, do it all digital, well... I can do stuff completely out of order, you know, however I want to. I would never in a million years want to go back to tape to tape. Never, 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 never. Now, something like this, you you're, you might get some pushback initially from people like me that want to be, you know, traditional with it. I haven't been homebrewing long enough to really be completely adamant about it. But something like this could could pick up. So in the article it says, uh, after leaving Microsoft in 2010, Mitchell, uh, Bill Mitchell, started a company called Pico Brew with his food scientist brother and a gifted hardware hacker he used to work with in Redmond. Together they created a dream machine for small-scale brewing. They're unveiling Monday, which, let's see, that would have been yesterday. Wait, yesterday? No, I'm sorry, last Monday. I can't uh, read calendars properly called the Pico Brew Zymatic. It's a device the size of a large microwave oven that almost completely automates the process of producing beer. I got a picture here from the article. I'm going to try and post this in the chat here. Uh, make sure it is... Uh, yeah, okay, good. It's actually a JPEG link. So that is the Pico Brew Zymatic, or whatever the fuck it was called. What was it? Yeah, Zymatic. Pico Brew Zymatic. And yeah, it does look like a microwave, you know, maybe a larger, you know, toaster oven, uh, bagel toaster kind of thing. So they said the idea was to take the drudgery out of brewing without sacrificing the fun or the gratification that comes from creating your own batches. 
and I can I can appreciate that. Um, I mean, what what I do right now with the with the mixes and everything, it's not that it's not that trying, but you know, I still like you know make sure I sanitize everything and. You know, gotta, you know, measure, you know, measure out all the water in the Mr. Beer keg and I, I'm, I'm doing it from a Brita filter and holding it in front of the fridge from, it, it does get a little bit taxing sometimes. I mean, it's not that big a deal, but still. Um, they went on to say the beauty for us, especially in beer making, is it's this great fusion of science and cooking, of chemistry and cooking. We didn't want to lose any of that. In fact, we want to enhance that portion of it and just take out the bad portions. So they also say these were apparently designed to be internet appliances. That's where they could sell me on this. The controlled by open source software connected to the web and managed through a browser. The software dashboard will manage recipes, it adjusts brewing cycles, and you can monitor the process remotely on your phone, which I think is a good idea. Now, um, whether or not you can actually alter that process via your phone, that would be nice because if there's um, if there's a built-in thermostat with this thing, and if there's, you know, if you can um, temperature control with it, because I know in my house right now, I, I had problems brewing during the summer just because of the heat. If there was a thing where you could get an alert on your phone where it says, oh, oh, your your home brew is, you know, getting above 76 degrees, you know, would you like to, you know, compensate and lower the, vol- you know, lower the temperature? Something like that. That would be cool. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't believe that they mentioned that in here. Um, but they say... Um, Let's see, Pico software, data collected by this online service from users who opt to share the brewing activity will be used to continue refining the machines, which are also designed to be hacked and modified as buyers see fit. So, of course, since it's open source, people are open to do a lot of stuff with this. Um, they go into the hassle of home brewing, and I, I understand this. To make a batch, you may spend most of a day cleaning and sterilizing vessels and implements. Okay, I don't go that far. I mean, I sterilize, but I'm not using a lot of stuff. Then heating, mixing, and cooling the ingredients. It's also tricky to precisely repeat the process. And obviously, that's something you can do with the machine here. You can precisely replicate conditions that you want to replicate you know, down to the, well, whatever, whatever level of precision you're trying to do. Um Let's see. Turn, 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 produce the stout. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, the, apparently their late grandfather was a noted general food scientist whose inventions led to products such as Cool Whip, Tang, Jello, and Pop Rocks. So this guy's kind of a legacy here. Um, he was initially thinking in terms of the concept of like a super automatic espresso maker. Um, oh, Okay. And he did say here, a system with precise temperature control that could produce repeat batches that could be cleaned in a dishwasher. I like that. So, this is the process with this machine. To make a batch, you select a recipe in the browser. Easy enough. You measure and pour grain into a plastic tray and the hops into specially designed filter baskets. It's like making coffee. 
You then slide them into the machine. A small Cornelius keg is filled with water and attached to the machine, which circulates the water back and forth. Uh, about three and a half hours later, the batch is done. You add yeast to the keg, refrigerate it for a week or so, and the beer is ready. That actually seems extremely quick. That is, that's actually amazing. That I, I worry that that might almost be too quick because that would uh, kill my liver in no time. Um, let's see if there's any more in this article here. Um, see, compact size, precision. Do, do, do. There's a Kickstarter thing going for that. Um, let's see, Peekaboo gauged demand and helped fund production by selling its initial runs of Zymatic machines on Kickstarter. Early machines will sell for around 1300 and should be delivered in January. Later models arriving in February and beyond will cost about 1500 Now, again, pricey. This is for those really serious home brewers and you know, people that really want to try and experiment with that. Now, something like this gains a foothold. I mean, you look, microwaves cost an arm and a leg when those first came out. So, yeah. You never know. I mean, fifteen hundred can knock itself down to two hundred pretty, you know, pretty easily in you know a decade or so. I don't know, decade, maybe a couple decades. I don't know. Uh, so I think that's pretty much pretty much it with that one. I I, I find that to be interesting. I mean, I'm 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 often torn between traditional means and advanced technology. I love my technology. I was I was one of those idiots that was actually skeptical of DVDs back in the day. I mean, I, I had a fucking Laserdisc player. I thought Laserdisc was the shit. I still have a signed copy of Chasing Amy on Laserdisc. And on the commentary, I don't, I don't even think it was changed on the, on the DVD release, although it may have been. It was a Criterion thing. Um, where Kevin Smith says, fuck DVD. At the time, he apparently didn't you know see the point of DVD yet either. But I I tend to be resistant to certain things. And then, and then I go full force with them. Of course, now I also say fuck DVD because I'm all about digital everything now. I mean, I, I, I used to be one of those people that I wanted the hard copy of the CD. You know, I felt, you know, getting a digital download, I was missing something with it. Um, with the movies, I wanted a hard copy on DVD. I did not want a digital, you know, just a digital copy. Yes, a, you know, a secondary digital copy, but I wanted my primary physical media. Now, I don't have the fucking space for physical media. I mean, I sold off most of my books because, well, anything I was able to get on Kindle, I got. And I put it on my Kindle and I sold those off. I still have a handful of books left that I can't. Get on uh, Kindle or you know find other means for uh, via ebook, but you know I I I resist and then I submit to it. It's pretty much what that comes down to. This seems to be one of those things that I'd probably initially resist it, but if it if it came into vogue and it came into you know common use, I think I'd probably be all about it. Um, as I ramble on here. Okay, so I'm finally, finally hitting a list, which means I'm going to be fucking screwed for show prep next year. Well, you know what? Fuck it. No, 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 no. I'm going to go into what uh, Marianne sent me here because I think this is this is a little more interesting here. 
It is a little uh, little image here uh, from LaughingSquid.com. And I, I think I saw this. Uh, I know uh, Marianne sent it to me from somewhere else, but I have it from LaughingSquid.com. So that's, that's who I will attribute right now. Uh, it's what your beer, what your style of beer says about you. So I'll start off at the, uh, it's kind of like a clock position here. I'll start off at the 12 o'clock position. Pilsner, you're efficient and direct, never taking time to explore. You may not even read the rest of this. And Pilsner is kind of a, you know, every man's beer kind of thing. Um, of course, the next one here is very much an every man's beer. Light lager. You have a lot of guilt stored up and your best days are behind you. That probably describes many a Bud Light drinker. Many a Bud Light drinker. Uh, amber ale. The amber is an escape from your bland history and acceptance of the bolder you. I'd say an amber ale is one of those that can be considered a more adventurous choice for your, you know, regular Pilsner or light lager drinker. So I'd say it's pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> lager, you drink this in between fights. Man, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, pumpkin ale, let's date. Not quite sure what that's saying there. Bach. Um, not to be confused with Johann Sebastian. You have the class of James Bond, but the habits of a drunk mother at a family gathering. Uh, that sounds about right. Because a Bach, it, it, you know, a, a Bach, a double Bach, it, it, sound, it sounds more, more, more classy. But deep down, it's just, it's just a good old German beer that'll, you know, fuck you up there. Um, what the fuck do I have on my foot? I think I stepped on a bug. That's not good. Uh, cream ale. <laughs> your disregard for your health is admirable, if not a burden on our health care system. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 me, I would say that's more milk stout territory, but that's just me. A blonde. You wear unconventional hats. That is all. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing... Somebody that tends to drink blondes over all else may, uh, they may be that guy that wears a fedora. For no reason at all, he wears a fedora every day. It's no special occasion, it's not a costume party, he just wears a fedora. Mm. Fruit wheat, you're not afraid of what others think of you. Okay, that's definitely not me, because I, I enjoy my fruit wheat beers, but I am terrified to find out what others think of me, because I have crippling self-esteem problems. So that one is inaccurate with me, but that's just me. Uh, wheat beer, you're a naturalist in every way. You're probably naked as you read this. Um, well, I'm not naked, but I did get changed during the break into uh, shorts and a t-shirt. So how you doing? Uh, bitter, you're actually fairly positive overall when you're not complaining about your ex, of course, and you do that a lot, unfortunately. Haha, <laughs> I get it. Bitter. <laughs> uh, okay, it's kind of clever. One of my favorites here. Oatmeal Stout. You appear soft like a stuffed teddy, but could win an arm wrestling tournament any day of the week. Um, I don't know. That might be describing Mitch. Who knows? Um, what the 
Okay, I am trying to figure out who that is in the chat. I see um, Miley Jore. Let me tell you how we down here do movies. We record them. Oh, wait. I'm probably doing the wrong accent. Let me tell you how we do, how we down here do movies. We record them with them dat TV on their, their VHS. I, I give you credit for using the periods in between V. H and S, which reminds me I need to watch that movie because VHS 2 is now out. I'm sure uh, Punchy's probably seen VHS and uh, I need to watch it before he spoils it for me. Although I know Punchy's not bad with stuff like that. Um, Stout, you've okay. You've grown thick skin and can probably battle smaller species of bears. That is Mitch. That is Mitch for us. I think Mitch could wrestle a bear. And by bear, I mean a large, hairy gay man. Brown ale, you feel no one respects you since the war. I like a brown ale. I guess that makes me an old man. (laughs) Hoppy India Pale Ale. (laughs) Excuse me. You embrace change and constantly seek to overcome yourself just as Nietzsche wanted. And I guess IPAs are becoming a little hipstery. Dark ale, you're aggressive and... And cantankerous, hiding a heart of gold. So that's that. That's that list here. I think that was. I th- I. I wouldn't say it's accurate, but it's amusing nonetheless. Um. Um. Let's see. What's twelve plus thirty six? What is that? Forty eight. Don't mind me. I. I I'm logging calories. God damn it. Okay. There's somebody outside my door. Uh, okay. So this this is that list I was about to get into. Eight simple steps on how to not be a dick while drinking beer. I try not to be a dick when talking about beer. I know sometimes I can bash big beer a little bit too much. To be fair, though, I, I was very strongly, when I uh, went out to buy beer yesterday, I was very strongly considering picking up a six-pack of Budweiser Black Crown instead of my Abita Turbo Dog, because I do enjoy Black Crown. I think Budweiser did something good there. Um, but, mm, yeah, I, 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 can, I can be a dick. I can be a dick sometimes with beer. Um, earlier in the show, when I was talking about that guy at the liquor store, when he was talking about you know how Corona is his standby, you know what? That's bad on me for judging him for that. If if that is his beer that he feels comfortable with, and if he doesn't want to be adventurous with anything else, you know, that particular day, and that, you know, he doesn't want to search around, and that's the one that he's like, you know what, I don't feel like looking for something else. This is what I'm grabbing. More power to him. You know, for me, my standby beers are, you know, usually stuff, like I said, Turbo Dog that I'm drinking here, a beat of Purple Haze, but it can also, you know, my, I have a handful of standbys at this point. You know, a beat of Turbo Dog, a beat of Purple Haze, a Guinness Draft in cans. I will not buy in bottles anymore because cans are so much better. Uh, Sam Adams Cherry Wheat, uh, Yingling, Yingling Light even, and then now Budweiser Black Crown. That is a standby for me because it's just a, it's just a good standard beer. But going on a tangent here. This is how to not be a dick while drinking beer. There's a picture on the site, but the caption is the more important part. 
If you feel the need to stand out among all the all other beer fans, you're missing the point of beer. This is what could probably be said of the two guys that run Beer Advocate. They are the epitome of dicks while drinking beer. They have that too cool for the room sense about them. They think they know better than everybody else when it comes to beer just because they happen to run a website. Well, you know what? Fuck you. I got a beer radio show, so I'm doing better than you on that. So fuck you. Of course, they probably have more visitors per day than I have per show, but we won't talk about that. And I visit the site too, so I'm guilty of that. But anyway, uh, this is from foodrepublic.com. It's easy to forget that beer is a privilege, not a beer, not a birthright, not a birthright. Just because you've tried hundreds or even thousands of brews, you're not craft beer royalty and you're not bigger than the brewers themselves. A fucking men. Whether you're at a bar or converting a friend to craft beerism, it's never okay to be disrespectful. Here are eight ways to not be a dick while drinking beer. This, I, I can get behind this and I've, I've, you know, I, I've, probably I've probably been guilty of some of this you know some of the some of the infractions so number one here constructive criticism is constructive if you are breweries want to hear from you but don't sabotage their social media platforms with offensive messages you bought the beer and maybe it's not your favorite but don't drive away potential consumers because you got upset if you email the company directly they'll send you a replacement beer for free Orange County's brewery, we know the brewery, recently did this with the release of their slightly off Ebony and Oak Stout, which I did report on, so it really does happen. Um, what was it? I think I had um, the, the, the Woodchuck Pumpkin, um, uh, Pumpkin Cider. I wasn't overly impressed with it. Didn't really do it for me. It, it, but to be fair, I am more beer than I am cider. Not as big on ciders. So, I'm probably not the full-on target market for it. But Woodchuck actually tweeted at me when they saw me log it on uh, Untapped. And, um, you know, I, 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 I gave it, you know, a polite compliment kind of thing. You know, I wasn't full-on lying. I'm like, oh, yeah, tasty. And I thought it was tasty, but it wasn't what I expected. Um, and don't, don't sabotage beers on social media. Even if you don't like it, you know, it, it, it's the old adage. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Or, you know, add to it. Just be polite. Don't like the article here says, don't be a dick about it. Um, you know, if, if you, you know, say you think you've run into an infected batch of brews, um, it's probably best to email the brewer and say, I ran into this. There might be a problem. More often than not, they're going to help you out. If you go to social media about it and bitch and whine, as so many people will do nowadays when they feel they've been wronged. I mean, it, look look at anything, 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 be it a restaurant, you know, fast food place, whatever, be it a manufacturer, how many good things do you see on the internet and how many bad things do you see on the internet? Look at a manufacturer like Dell. You 
always hear all this bad shit. Well, you know what? I have a fucking Dell Inspiron Pentium 4 sitting in a backpack that has never done me any wrong. It has always worked. I haven't used it in years because it is now obsolete, to be fair. But never, never had all these amazing, hideous problems with Dell that people have said. I had one issue with tech support one time where I was using email tech support and the tech support guys, probably from India, didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. I called the tech support line, told them, hey, this is what's going on. My video card is fried. I can look at the chip and I can actually see char marks on it. That is the problem. They said, you know what? We'll send you out a new one. You send us back the old one. We're good to go. Simple as that. But you hear, you know, you you hear the bad things. I'm trying to remember what the saying is. Um, you know, something good, someone will tell one person. Something bad, someone will tell ten people. That's what fucking social media is at this point. So, anyway, I want to get through this list because I realize I'm actually burning time by uh, rambling here. Okay, good. Nobody's said anything in the chat. <laughs> so, I sometimes worry that when I'm in one tab, I miss stuff in the other tab. I have three fucking monitors. I shouldn't be missing stuff in a tab, but I use all three of my monitors. I don't know what to say. I use them effectively, I think. Okay. Number two, yes, beer is expensive, but it's generally worth it. If you're buying an expensive beer, there's a reason for it. Making good beer can be expensive, especially the barrel age variations uh, people love. Part of splurging for a beer is the adventure. I do that on stuff from the brewery. I did that with Tart of Darkness, and I very much enjoyed it. Uh, and like any adventure, if it's not what you expect, don't be a jerk. Wine drinkers pay $50 a bottle for young wine all the time, and some of it sucks. Yes, I believe there were four or five U's there. But it's part of the game. Rate it on a website, specifying the batch number or vintage year, and move along. Really quick side side topic here with this. Some people have been starting to call out the pricing of the bomber size bottles versus the 12 ounce bottles, you know, what what it averages out to in a six pack. And to be fair, bomber size bottles, it is actually an obscene markup. Um, if you look at, for instance, say, um, say soda, look at the price of a two liter as compared to, say, a six-pack of cans. It doesn't equal out. The the two-liter is so much cheaper. Alcohol, and particularly beer, is the only beverage in which that balance is off. You look at something like, uh, like, okay, juice. If you have, like, smaller juice boxes versus a big bottle of juice. I mentioned the soda. Um... I'm trying to think of something else. Um, milk. Milk is like that. Milk is like that. You buy the bigger container, you get a better deal for it. You buy the smaller one, half and half, same thing. Beer is the only beverage that does that where they charge more. And I'm saying more on average, more per volume than the smaller bottles. It, it, it's very, very strange and the more I read, the more there seems to be a pushback on that. So that just ties into the whole beer is expensive kind of thing. Um, number three, 
Experiment freely, but respect experimentation. Now what that's all about here. Bottle conditioned beer is alive and changes over time. It may never quite be the same each time. Do your beer nerd research and know what you're getting into before you buy. For instance, if you don't like saisons with wild yeast, don't be angry if you're expecting a clean tasting brew and it turns out funkadelic. Now, that's sometimes what I do where I will, I mean, I, I, I sound like, I sound like I know what I'm talking about a lot of the time, but sometimes I will just completely forget what a style will be. And I, um, there was one time, what was it? I, I picked up, uh, I picked up some kind of red ale and it came across way too hoppy for me. Way too hoppy, way too bitter. I was like, oh, eh, my fault, my fault. But you know, experimentation kind of thing. Um, you know, it, I, I should have known. And, you know, when when you go for a certain style, it, it, it would be like if you bought a stout and you were expecting something feeling like a Bud Light. Obviously, that's ridiculous. But, you know, you got you got to do this stuff within reason. When out drinking, this is number four, when out drinking, respect your bartender. An obvious request, yes, but the uh, article writer has witnessed beer snobs be complete dicks to really awesome bartenders. You might get spit in your beer if you act like a jerk. On the other hand, you might wind up learning something or even get free beer if you're not. I say this from experience. Again, the article writer. Now, I, I, I'm trying to think of the last time I was actually at a bar proper since I started this show. I mean... Uh, it was probably, there was a, um, a, uh, meetup group that I did at, uh, Morris Tap and Grill in, was that Denville or was that, uh, no, Randolph, New Jersey. I'm sorry. Um, and I wasn't even interacting with the bartender that much there either. But, um, part of me would worry, and I, I can understand this, you know, not being a dick to your bartender. I I would worry that I potentially may know more than my bartender when it comes to beer. And again, I'm not the be all end all. I mean, I, I'm I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly forgetting. Um, but um, fuck, I was going somewhere with this. Oh, I've watched enough Bar Rescue to realize that there are a great many bartenders out there that really don't know what the fuck they're pouring. I mean, one of the last episodes I watched, it it horrified me watching them pour Guinness from the tap and not angling the glass. I mean, I am not kidding. The glass was at least three quarters full of foam. It was, uh, it hurt my heart watching it. But um, I don't go out to bars enough, so I can't really say much about bartenders out here, at least. But it's a fair point. Respect your bartender, even if even if they do genuinely not know as much as you. Still respect them. Maybe you can teach them something. Um, and you don't have to be a dick about it. You can you can be polite about it. Um, you know, some, something on tap that maybe they're not familiar with, and you can educate them. You know, some, something like that. Um, at a place like Morris Tap and Grill that is very, very craft beer centric, I would expect their bartenders to know what 
what they're talking about. So that that's a little bit different. But, you know, your average kind of dive bar, you never know. Um, number five, this is an eight-part list. Number five, educate your macro beer drinking friends. First, by not calling them your macro beer drinking friends. Just because people drink Coors Light doesn't mean they won't like craft beer. If you're passionate about craft beer, providing beer for your friends makes for an awesome experience. Pairing it with food is even better, and you might just acquire a new craft drinking buddy in the process. Some of you longtime listeners might remember long, long ago, it feels forever ago, when uh, Joe Coletta of uh, the Cousin Joe show on Thursday nights from uh, was it seven to was it seven to ten, I believe, um, when he called in because he wanted to kind of he he wanted to kind of get into something that was like Bud Light, but you know, for lack of a better term, a little bit classier. And you know, I I, I you know gave him some suggestions and you know stuff that he could hopefully find locally, stuff like that. But just because, it, again, I, I you know go back to that uh, guy at the liquor store uh, yesterday. He likes his Corona, and I could have been a dick and said, "Corona, what the fuck are you doing, dude?" I used to drink Corona. You know, I put a lime in there and everything. I thought it was tasty enough. But you know, now, now to me, Corona would taste like water because I've tasted different stuff. But um, you know, just because they may like a certain kind of beer that is, you know, a, you know, a cheap beer, a, you know, light beer, garbage thing, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, like the article said, doesn't mean they're not going to like craft beer. Just be nice with them about it, because pissing them off, saying, what the fuck are you doing drinking that Coors Light? You can say it jokingly. You can say, dude, Coors Light? No, man. No, 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 no. Try this. Try this. I think you might like it. Whereas, probably the wrong way to go about this, dude, let me piss in your mouth. What? Well, you're drinking Coors Light. It's no different. You know, that that, that might be a kind of dickish thing to do, especially if you do piss in his mouth. I mean, that, that's just that's just rude. Um, okay. Number six here. And I have comments on this too. Real experts aren't douches. If someone else doesn't pick up on all the things in a beer that you might, it's no reason to judge their palate or get all pissy. If you're being too intense about beer, you're defeating the purpose. I started to get a bit too intense. Now, I didn't turn into a douche with it, but I I started to worry that I was overanalyzing it and just missing the point. So try to point out some of the flavors to look out for in the nose, start and finish, and maybe what to expect from the aftertaste. A little help goes a long way. Prime example of douches, the guys from Beer Advocate, I believe, was it, um, I don't want to, I don't want to get the names wrong here, so I'm going to do some Googling. I believe I know the last name, Beer Advocate, oh, you know what, oh, perfect, it brought up a Reddit thread that I was on. Todd Alstrom. Yes, Todd Alstrom, and I believe he has a... I think he works with his brother on there. Uh, Todd Alstrom. Oh, yeah, see, okay, you know what? 
this will give you an idea here. If you go into Google and you start typing Todd Alstrom, the second, okay, the, the, the first result is Todd Alstrom. The third is Todd Alstrom Twitter. Fourth is Todd Alstrom Beer Advocate. But the second one is the most telling. It's Todd Alstrom Douche. So that kind of tells you something right there. And in fact, to give you an idea, this is what Todd Alstrom looks like. So I'll post this image in the chat here. This is Todd Alstrom from his Twitter profile. Grade A douche. Too cool for the room. Thinks he's the shit. Of course, I'm talking big and bad on my radio show about a guy that's uh, raised a pretty substantial beer website, but fuck Todd Alstrom and fuck his brother. From everything I've heard, they are douches to the beer community, and it's not nice. Not not a nice thing. Everybody I've been around with, with beer, beer festivals and everything, they've been very nice to me. Okay, number seven. Holy shit, 754. Let me finish this up. Number seven, respecting beer is respecting yourself. Craft beer drinkers love to chase high alcohol by volume, barley wine, stouts, and other strong ales. Well, you might want to show off your massive tolerance. Yes, I do that. The truth is you may be only able to handle two drinks at a time. That's okay. Choose wisely and savor it. Those around you will appreciate it. You'll undoubtedly feel better the next morning. Yeah, and you won't end up in the ER either. Mm-hmm. And then number eight, have fun. In the end, it's just beer. Enjoy it responsibly. If you're not enjoying it or are making it hard or just annoying for those around you to enjoy it, you're not doing it right. And that that pretty much sums it up right there. Okay, last few minutes here. Um, let me find something to queue up here. Okay, that'll work. Um, okay, new beer releases and reveals for the week. Shelves, Chimney Sweep Black Lager. If I do another beer trade with Mitch, this is one I'm actually going to be kind of interested in trying to get. Uh, let me see if I can find the label. Shelves, t- Chimney Sweep. I'll post this in the chat here. Uh, boom, Okay. Uh, six-month seasonal with smoked and chocolate malts. It's been promoted by Shells as a great introduction to rock beer, and you know how I love a good rock beer. I had the the um, smoke out from Star Hill. 5.2% alcohol by volume, and it is apparently a favorite among Shells fans. Uh, I don't know if Mitch has had it before, but there you go. Uh, Shorts Brewing Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster for you nerdy types out there. I mean, I see Cornax may still be in the chat. I see him in the online user logs there. He probably is familiar with the reference there. I would not want this beer itself, but I would want it simply to have the bottle and the label because it's an IPA, so I'm I'm I'd probably drink it just because, but I'd probably rather pour it down the drain because I don't like my IPAs. So here's the image in the chat here. Shorts Brew Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster Belgian style double India Hail, ale. If someone in Michigan buys this and wants to send me an empty bottle of it, I will love you forever because I think this would be awesome to have. I'm a huge Hitchhiker's Guide fan. So there's the reference right there. 
It's a Belgian double IPA brewed exclusively with Galaxy hops. So you kind of get the you know, you know, wittiness there. 8.4% alcohol by volume releasing in Michigan this month. Another one from Shorts Brewing. Uh, the Village Reserve. Post this image in the chat here. Uh, it's a California common style, a.k.a. steam beer. It uses lager yeast strain and fermentation, but it's a higher temperature like an ale. So that's your steam beer. Made popular by Anchor Brewing. More breweries seem to be giving this a shot this year. I've seen a few uh, California-style common beers popping up here and there. 4.5% alcohol by volume. Also seeing release in Michigan, I believe, this month. Not 100% sure. Uh, Boulder Beer Shake Chocolate Porter. Uh, Let me post this one in the chat. I'd promote the chat, but show's almost over, and you're not going to come to the chat if you weren't there already. Um, releasing this month, it's going to be a year-round offering. It's a twist on the traditional American porter, black in color with dark chocolate flavors and aromas along with notes of coffee. Blends five different grains, including chocolate wheat. 5.9% alcohol by volume, which is pretty nice for a porter. Uh, available in 22-ounce, 12-ounce six-packs, and I know I get Boulder beer out here, so I, once I find that, I'm going to grab it. Then a couple quickies here from Miller Coors. Coors Light is launching a citrus summer beer in 2014. So think of Coors Light Shandy. That scares me. It's only going to be available in cans. I'm confused as to why they'd want to do this when they already have Line and Kugel Summer Shandy. But if you want to split your brand up, fine. Do it. I don't care. And also a new Reds next summer. This one's not going to be an apple-based one. This is going to be an iced tea blend. So... That's what they're doing with that. So with that, I suppose it's probably about the time to close out the show because I do not want to uh, infringe upon the time of the next show, which is Unsigned Hype with Sir Darkside, followed by Dutch and Royce. Of course, check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash alcohol by volume. And of course, be sure to like the Facebook group at facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Tell your friends, tell your priest. Tell your, I don't know, gynecologist, whatever, you know. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at E-D-I-C-I-U-S. Yes, that is at Odysseus. I'm pronouncing it correctly, goddammit. Or the show's Twitter, at MLR underscore alcohol. And you can look me up on Untapped, alcohol by volume, all one word, Untapped, the social media beer drinking um, app, I don't know, site, whatever. Um... Like I said, coming up next, Unside Hype, followed by Dutch and Royce. And, of course, download all the shows on More Like Radio on iTunes. Check out More Like Radio on there. MoreLikeRadio.com slash downloads. And MoreLikeRadio.org. I will see you guys next week. Have a good one. <laughs>